Hey, and welcome to Spiritual Side Note. I am your host, I guess. Am I called a host? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Haley. I'm Shay. And welcome to our dining room table. We are coming to you from Southern California in Orange County. The beautiful, super hot Orange County. Yes. And tonight we're going to be talking about transitions. Specifically... This comes from the space that Shay and I have just walked through in a really massive life transition and watching a lot of people around us walking through different kinds of transitions during this season as well. Like walking into a new job where the lead pastor is actually in the middle of transitioning out and someone else transitioning in and um, there's just a lot of moving parts in life for all of us. So we just really wanted to talk about how to handle transition well or how we haven't handled it well and what we're learning about that and what God has to say about, about it. It being several different things, but really just like putting him first in all of this. So that's where we're going. Cool. Yeah. So with transitions mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and like change is really good, right? Like we are um, just by nature, by our design, we change, we adapt, we grow. Um, that's the way we were created, but with transition comes change, but usually in transition or in seasons of change, especially bigger ones. So we just moved across the country, two kids, you were working now are not working. I got a new job, um, new community, all of those things. It usually increases stress. Um, it also can just like raise um the unknowns usually mm-hmm. in, in our lives around us and those things can cause stress can cause anxiety um, but a lot of it i think can um, cause coping mechanisms I, I think it has to i think we we learn to cope one way or another um and so that's one of the things that i wanted to to even address tonight was like the looking at the coping mechanisms around us and are we aware of the coping mechanisms that we have um, that we default to um, some that are hopefully healthy some that I would imagine are not um, and are we aware of what those are so in this transition I'll just start um, you know one of the things for me that I've coped with is is food um, whether that's snacking or honestly the way I've put it before is I've just like been obedient to my taste buds Mm -hmm. Um, that's just like that sounds good. I want that. I'm going to eat it. Um, even if I'm like already full or whatever, like if something tastes good, um, unless I'm stuffed, like I'll, I can, yeah, sure. I can have more of that. (laughs) Um, or sugar, um, is one soda really is probably one of the, the bigger ones where I really just, it's hard for me to say no to like a cold soda. It sounds really refreshing and good, especially in the heat of the summer months um and yeah so those are some of the coping mechanisms that i've struggled with um, and we've talked about this even in this season but i think we've had these conversations enough over the years where we're at least aware of some of our unhealthy coping mechanisms maybe not all um but i think we're aware of some of them and so we were able to have some of those honest conversations about like snacking you know, a couple weeks ago or whatever, we were able to talk about like, yeah, I've been struggling with food or wanting to control something or, or not wanting to say no because I'm already in such disarray and there's so many different changes and things going on around me that um, 
if I eat this candy, I know it'll taste good, which in turn for a short bit makes me feel better. Um, and so why, why do we turn to those things? Why do we do those things? Um, so I think the biggest step, first step is being aware of what those are and being able to, to address them so you can be on the lookout for them and have accountability for them. Um, but I would, I would just say the, again, the first thing is just addressing them and then being able to say like, okay, I know that this is, a an area where I go to when I'm unhealthy because it's also an alert that when you start to default to those things, it's like, wait, maybe something's unhealthy around me that I wasn't really paying close enough attention to. I didn't realize I was stress, stressing out or feeling anxious or whatever. Um, so when you default to those coping mechanisms, it's also an indicator that there's something greater going on around you. But um, how about for you in the transition as far as like coping mechanism? What, what was that like over the last few weeks for you? of where you defaulted either to old patterns or something like that? Hmm. So I think a part of learning what our coping mechanisms are, at least for me, a question I have to ask myself is, um, well, maybe less the question. The feeling I typically get is I have to do this right now or I have to do this this way. And when a thought or an action begins that way it's typically become an idol in my life and idols are typically things i'm trying to mm -hmm. control yeah. um or that i feel a lack of control in that then i fixate on to give me some semblance of control i guess even though control is like elusive like it's mm -hmm. not actually ours <clears throat> but in this season i mean specifically for most of the year like starting end of January, I just felt really out of control, like mm. of anything happening around me out of control of like what people thought of me. Cause I've never been in control of that, but I tried really hard to like make people mm. want to be around me or to be significant or important. Cause I thought that was important, um, to be significant and important in people's lives. Um, I tried to control like, I don't know, the, the way I feel about things, whether that's in a positive way, like, oh, I want to feel good about my body or I actually, I just, I want to feel good. So I'm eating this chocolate like right now. Mm. I, ha I have to, like, I, I can't help myself. Um, or honestly the kids like not having control of my children because I literally cannot make decisions for them. Like I can help guide them. I'm their mom. I can say, eat this, this is good for you. Or this discipline is good for your heart. But our four-year-old, Athelia, has been saying she's in charge. She's in control. She has the know-how. Um, and I can't stop her from saying those things. So I think there were just lots of layers of things. Those are just a few of them where I just felt super out of control. Um, and if I just, like, honestly took an assessment, like a step back, and almost, like, quickly glanced over the last few months of our lives... Um, food has definitely been one of them for me. It's an easy, it's an easy one because it's been a part of my life for like, as long as I could remember, like I love food. I was not good at saying no to myself growing up. Like I just kind of ate whatever I wanted to. Um, and I had parents that taught me how to eat well, but like just ate whatever I wanted to, you know, especially when you like go to college and you're making your own decisions and things like that. So I think it actually became like a, a subconscious, like I can do what I want. 
Hmm. Um, I think the enemy can easily use food in a lot of people's lives to fixate on whether you're thinking about what you're going to eat next or like, I can't wait to have that. Or like, I can't wait till tonight when everyone's asleep and I can eat this entire bowl of popcorn and like watch <laughs> a movie. Um, but food became like a fixation in my life, like early on, I think to where, I mean, there were so many times, like all I was thinking about was food. Um, not always in the eating disordered ways that my mind now works in and out of still, but just in like, I can't wait to have this and this and this. Um, so that is just so deeply rooted in the history of like where I come from that that's taking a long time, a long time for, for healing. And, um, interestingly, we knew this transition was coming before we moved, right? Because you apply for a job and you watch God do these amazing things and leave this groundwork. So I was almost like determined not to struggle with food hmm. um, to the point I started counting calories before we left Michigan. Like I'm now broadcasting this to the world, even though I've told like three people um, where like I was doing that as like an accountability to myself almost like to make sure I wasn't just like overeating because I can just eat and have no idea how much I'm eating. Um, so counting calories felt like a quote safe controlled like. I'll be able to tell if I'm using food as a coping mechanism. So even though I wasn't like overeating, I was then like fixating on food in a different way and it began to tailspin into something else. Um, so that then I'm controlling, but I'm controlling the number of like calories I'm eating and how that makes me feel. And I feel good in my body when I lose weight, but I don't when I eat terribly, like I have guilt and shame and the whole cycle starts over of me idolizing something besides God. So that became one, even though my, my desire was for it not to. Um, and a part of the problem is like I was fixating on not allowing something to become an idol instead of looking at God and, and going to him first, allowing him to be my coping mechanism. So when I feel like I have to do this right now, going to the word and set instead and ingesting and digesting that, um, and going to prayer instead, listening to his voice and talking to him and allowing him to speak to me and tell, uh, allowing him to tell me what to do in any given moment. Um, so that's one overanalyzing and overthinking and, um, overanalyzing what has been, what I did, what I said, what people think of me, and then overthinking how I can do that differently next time. Like, do I need to change this? Do I need to stop? Like, blah, blah, blah. I can do that. Like, on repeat so fast in my head. Like nobody's business. Like no one's business. Um, and I hate it. Yeah. And it feels like something I can't stop. Hmm. Um, partially because it's my thought process. Like I'm not like f physically like, let's begin this process. Um, it's something I am begging God to redeem in me. Um, so I can just be free, like to think about him. So that one is a bit different to like, uh, since the trigger in, because I can be like, days deep maybe actually but more like just in the brain space of my mm. head like so deep into like the number of days I've thought through or whatever where I just have to literally stop and refocus on Jesus um, and that has been one of the hardest things ever to just like start thinking about Jesus instead and like doesn't this stuff matter like it does but it doesn't because like Jesus matters he'll tell me what he thinks of me but like it has felt bizarre um, so those are a couple and honestly just straight up selfish responses. Like when I feel out of control, 
I really don't want messes around. Like I just want everything picked up and organized and put away. So I don't have to think about all of this extra stuff while I'm already overanalyzing and overthinking and wondering about what God is doing. And yet sensing all this peace, that's bizarre during this whole part of our lives is I've never experienced so much peace Hmm. in tandem with like this anxiousness. And God says, do not be anxious about tomorrow. It has enough worries of its own. So is that weird? Like I had peace and I trusted God, but there was this anxiousness that would just like rear its head without me even knowing. Or like I, I wake up with clenched jaws, like mm-hmm. yeah. jaws. I have one jaw, and <laughs> a, a jaw <laughs> um, where it will be like sore to the ch- touch or I would be anxious, so anxious I couldn't eat. Um, and not even knowing I was like feeling super anxious. Um, so I think my body was beginning to tell me things as well that like, hey, you're trying to cope here. Um, so anyway, the overanalyzing, overthinking, I think can actually spin me into like other coping mechanisms um, and responding in irritation to my children is one of those things because mm-hmm. they're the ones that make the most messes. Um, and I've just been really aware of like how my words affect them and infect them and what I show them I care about is what they're going to care about and or not and like just rebel against it entirely and just be like forget you mom like you're just telling me no all the time Italian and I just had that conversation like two days ago I was like am I telling you no too much she was like yes you say no all the time <laughs> it's like I really am sorry I'm trying to find this balance of helping to teach you and not controlling um so I have to actually like, stop myself from just automatically saying no yeah. because in my head it makes my life easier And yet, like, I am creating distance between me and her, and I'm trying to control, which is not putting God at the forefront of, like, the utmost for my highest and, like, my surrender to him. So those are a few things that have just been, like, my irritation, so my impatience and um, eating disordered stuff, like, trying to control things and worrying about what people think about me, which really boils down to, like, what I think about me. Um, Yeah, those have all been rearing their heads and um I've just been really thinking and praying through because in this season like if I was still in Michigan I'd be meeting with my accountability partner and Mm -hmm. talking to my prayer group and um those kinds of things but God is teaching me like a different kind of dependence on him in this and not in a way that's like shirking community but truly like God what do you say and having a faith that like he will rescue me like tell me what to do because I don't want to be this way. Like, I don't want to respond that way to my kids or to my husband. I don't want to be self-consumed. I don't want to worry so much about what people think. I just want to be free, mm-hmm. live a life of love, full of joy, saying yes to whatever you say and not just automatically no, because that feels easier. <laughs> um, and saying yes to whatever he says yes to. If that means eating, then eating. If that means not eating, not eating. If that means dropping whatever I'm doing to hold my kids because they're asking me to, like, do it. Um, it is just so hard to say no to myself yeah. and yes to God. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about Romans 12, too, where it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because um, I feel like the default is do whatever feels good in the moment, right? Whatever your body feels like it needs. And there, don't get me wrong, there's times to listen to our body, but I'm more mean in the coping sense of like, oh yeah, I want to do this with my time. I want to eat this. I want to numb um, emotions or feelings. So I'm going to just watch 
this for hours on end or check out whatever it is that we want to conform to the things around us that mm-hmm. satiate uh, really a deeper need for something else. Um, and so truly trying to let Jesus renew our minds rather than just conforming and just saying, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to give in to whatever it is. Um, the other one that came to mind was James 1 where he talks about perseverance Hmm. um, and trials and like obviously like the context of the trials that the early church went through (laughs) were much more severe Hmm. but when I think of like um, the stressors and the anxiety of what it does mean to transition make big transitions or changes like that that can be a little trial like that can it is trying to us and so we have to also seek to persevere and so like having certain rhythms and disciplines in Mm -hmm. our lives that we then seek to persevere in those moments of trial um because he says in verse four let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything um and i just think that's really powerful of like yeah if somebody transitions well and they like they handle it well like they're staying sane um Mm -hmm. they're not falling into unhealthy coping mechanisms or dealing with certain things like that is something that feels like wow that's a mature thing to do um to make a big change and to do it well and so um just learning to persevere but i feel like we need to persevere well and know what that looks like and so a lot of that is like right now if if you're not in a transition, it's what are those rhythms and patterns and disciplines that I do need to engage in. Um, and again, seeking out help to figure out the coping mechanisms in your life you might not even be aware of. I think a lot of that is just happens from the people around you or just like paying attention. Like if you make decisions that aren't in peace, like if you make a decision to do something in stress or anxiousness or whatnot, be like, okay, why did I do that? Where did that come from? Um, again, was that to satiate something or was that a wise decision to try to counter the anxiety? Um, you know, and so being aware of, of those things. But I think that um, if you're not making a decision in peace, typically it's because you're seeking to control something and you're just making a decision or you're stressed or you're idolizing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just being aware of those things and having the people around you to say like, hey, this is what I see in you or what I think could be addressed. Yeah. And another question I was just reading about was, uh, is this something you could give up? Because Hmm. if it's not, it's probably become an idol. Like I couldn't give up like eating that thing. Chips and salsa. uh Uh-huh. Or that going to the gym six times a week or like whatever it might be. It's probably a coping mechanism in... I don't want to say in an unhealthy way because if you're at the space where you're like, I could not give up reading the word, like don't stop doing that. <laughs> like God's word is a part of our healthy coping mechanisms. It is, it is his lamp for our feet. It tells us where to step and where mm-hmm. to go and what to do. And actually like being in the word like is a part of satiating these things that we try to use to fill us for like a hot second. Yeah. Um, but as I like think through those things, I'm like, Oh yeah, there's, it's strange. Like, I feel like I could give up this and this and the, this, but I, I feel like I couldn't give up this. But because this is the way I operate, like, my cry to God has been, like, renew my mind because I can't think any other way. Like, mm-hmm. the spirit is literally going to have to shift the yeah. way I think. Yeah. And what's remarkable is, like, I've experienced him doing that in me before. Like, a, 
specifically about moving to Orange County. Like I did not have a desire, any inkling in my body to be here at all. And it flipped into like a, I can't be anywhere else. Like I love it here. I love the people. I was home with the kids today because Hagen had a cold and I was watching Saddleback online and it was Pastor Rick and Kay's last Sunday. Um, and I was just like emotional for multiple reasons. But one of them being like, I love this place. Hmm. I love this church. I love these people. I don't, I don't hardly know anybody, but like God has just literally changed my heart and my mind. Like he's renewed it. I could not have done that on my own. So I know it's possible, but I have to surrender to the, the work that he wants to do in me. And a part of that is sometimes the actionable step of like, I have to do this because like God wanted to renew my mind. But if I had said no to moving here, I wouldn't have experienced this kind of peace. Like I could have stayed where we were, but like, this is what I knew we had to do. And saying no to my flesh was like super hard in the moment. Like I wanted to stay where we were. I wanted the house we were living in. I wanted the friends and like, you know, we had a life, but like to say yes to God the like reward on the back end of that, like actually being here and like the peace I've experienced is like remarkable because it's helped change my mind hmm. and my heart. Yeah. So I know it's possible, but like pushing through that like initial, almost like concrete, you know, <laughs> like to get to the soft earth underneath just sucks. Like it's really hard. Um, and sometimes it's hard because you don't even know what you're doing. Yeah. Like you don't even know you're coping or... Um, your body is almost just like freaking out for you. It's like, what Kinda am like I? Kind of like the clenched jaw. Thing. Yeah, the like clenched jaw, yeah. messed up stomachs, not eating, eating too much. And you don't even know it. Like I was just eating my lunch. Like what happened? Or eating super fast or like avoiding certain people or things like because it would be hard. Like I don't, <sighs> there are a myriad, innumerable things that could fill that blank for you or me or anyone listening. Um but God specifically talks about, one, having no idols before him. So anything I feel like I have to do or anything I run to, to feel good or to try to fit into a certain space, either in my head or in the eyes of the people around me or in society's expectation of like what my role should be as this person or that thing or whatever, um, God is first whether or not we put him first. So what does it look like to allow him to like remove those idols in our lives and like saying yes to that? Um, and he says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the all isn't just like, well, here's my life. Like me physically is literally everything in your life. Like the very, down to the very actual tangible things that you own. Do I love God with all of that? Or do I like try to keep it for myself? Or am I willing to give it all away? Like anything he asks of me. Um, and I have to say there are times like even moving here, like purging things, getting rid of stuff that was like hard. And the more I did it, the easier it became, right? Just be like, whatever. And when our moving truck was three weeks late, it was like, okay, it might as well just not come. I'd rather not unpack all the boxes <laughs> and we could just start over and like yeah. do minimal things and not have to work through mentally, like all of this stuff. But there are other things that feel harder to give up, like that might actually be like tangibly here in my life, like eating that piece of chocolate, you know, like, so does every 
everything that I have and that I am, am I living with a love of putting God first and saying, saying yes to him? Um, yeah. And I have been thinking a lot about Jesus in his life and how in the garden of Gethsemane, he was praying that God would change his will, like remove this cup from me, God. I don't want to have to die. Like if there's any other way, please create another way. And God didn't. He still, Jesus still had to endure the cross, but it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross is what later in the New Testament, what Paul writes, right? Is that Paul? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Um, talking about like running a race, but there's just been this like challenge in my soul. Like if Jesus said yes to the cross, if Jesus prayed for God's will to change and God, the father didn't change it, then God might not do the things I pray for in, in my desire, but he will do what is best for his glory and for his kingdom. But if Jesus said yes to the cross and no to his flesh, then I can say no to chocolate or I can say no to responding in irritation to my kids, or I can say yes to leaving my house and talking to my neighbor, even though I don't feel like having a conversation today because I want quote me time. Um, my life is not my own. I was bought with a price and I want to love God with all that I have, but it's a daily decision, a moment by moment decision. And that, transitions i think just highlight how well we are are not doing that yeah um because it it creates all the unstable unknowns and it brings them to the surface yeah another verse you had mentioned earlier today um was just the do not be anxious about anything um but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving bring mm-hmm. your requests to god and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Um, and I think that that's just the two words of with Thanksgiving. I think that's the hard part for me that when I'm feeling stressed or anxious or struggling with coping me- mechanisms of insecurity or whatever it might be, um, it's really hard for me to be thankful. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I don't default to that. Like, it's not like, wow, this is really hard. God, thank you so much. Like, that's just not how my brain works. Like, I'm just like, I go to either try to fix it or I'm stressing about it or I, whatever. Um, but you typically don't, like, sit in that space and then you'll be like, and God, thank you so much for these things or even for this opportunity um, to be stressed, whatever it might be. Um and so I think the reverse is true is that when we can just live a life of thankfulness, I mm-hmm. wonder how much that does ease the anxiety. Um, you know, even I tried starting a gratitude journal um, a couple of weeks ago, just cause like I got in journal as a gift when I got here and I was like, I think I should just make this a gratitude journal. Cause I'm not a journaler. Like that's not my thing. Um, but I was like, but it, it would be good for me, for my heart and my mind to just like write things that I'm truly grateful for in here. Um, and so it's not like every day, but it's just good for me to actually put pen to paper and write down like, God, thank you for this and this and this and this. And even got to do it with the kids. Um, 
the other day where mm-hmm. it was just like the three of us sat on our bed and I asked them what they were thankful for. Um, and then I was able to write things for myself as well. And that's just such a good place to be in. Like when I'm in a state of thankfulness, it allows me to let go of the, the stress in a new way. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, that verse, I just think it's really powerful that he adds with Thanksgiving because anxiety is going to come. Like that's just a fear of the future or fear of something happening. Um, like that's going to pop up. But when we're able to truly like pause and recognize who God is in his right place when we're not idolizing other things, Um, because sometimes we're afraid of things because we're idolizing certain Mm. things, right? Like I'm afraid of what they'll think of me because I idolize what people think of me or whatever the case may be. But when we put God in his rightful place and then we're thankful to him for who he is and all that he's given us, um, I just think that, again, that almost cuts things off at the pass even before it comes up. Mm. I actually was just talking to a friend who struggles with anxiety or has in the past. And she was specifically saying one of the greatest combatants for that is gratitude and how she just regularly over and over and over again practices gratitude. Mm. And it's just changed the way she does life or even like the feelings that she might experience in joy. She's like, now at the end of a hard day, I still have joy. Hmm. And like, that's profound to me. So the, I've been, I've been praying to have a heart of joy. Like I want to have fun in life. Like our God is not a, an all serious God. Like that's not one of his descriptors in the Bible. (laughs) Um, he is a God of, he is a God of festivities, festivities. Like he has, um, laws that he gives to his people because he cares about their hearts and the posture of their hearts and their holiness because of who he is. But he also gives them a ton of festivals like to honor and celebrate and do life well. Um, and I think I often skip the fun because I'm just so worried about all the things and getting mm-hmm. the things done. And whether that's because I think God cares about me getting those things done or I think other people do or I do or whatever... I've just really struggled with like just being able to enjoy life. It's just another cry of my heart lately. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be free, like to live in peace, but to also just have like a ton of joy where I'm just able to laugh, laugh freely and let my kids make messes and make messes with them on purpose and um, allow my life to be interrupted to do whatever it is like God wants me to do in this moment. But if joy is connected to gratitude, and a lack of anxiety or, yeah, like living out of anxiousness is combated by gratitude. Like clearly gratitude is important mm, yeah. because it reminds us that we're not in control. It gives us a heart of thanksgiving in a posture of surrender that says like, man, even if this is my lot, like I want to accept it with open hands. Um, actually, Henry Nowen, he wrote a Linton book called Show Me the Way. And... It's not Lent season, but I'm reading it and it's powerful. And the, like two days ago, I was reading about um, the gratitude of open-handedly accepting whatever it is God has for you with a thank you, God, that this is your will for my life, whether it's health or sickness, whether it's plenty in finances or little, whether you're hungry or you're full. And he brought up gratitude multiple times. So clearly God is saying this to me lately. But just like when I practice gratitude, 
I don't care so much about all the things that aren't happening well because you we've talked about this more than once in different podcasts during the last year and a half. Like what you look for is what you will find. Yeah. So if I'm grateful, I'm gonna find things to be grateful mm-hmm. for, even yeah. when it's hard. Yeah. Because sometimes when it's the hardest to choose gratitude is when we need to do it so we can push past that cement and just like choose it. I might not feel grateful, but I can still choose to say thank you. Um, and just the act of like, thank you, God, for these things, even if you have to pick small things like for your favorite color or the fact that you have water to drink or, you know, shoelaces to tie up or whatever it might be. It just reorients the way we see life. Um, so I think I do have to say, like, in the season of transition, I I feel like there was a lot of gratitude for, like, where we had been and, and watching God do miraculous things to bring us here. Yeah. But I think once we, like, landed here, um, even then I feel like gratitude was, like, good. I feel like my coping mechanisms really shot through the roof when our moving truck arrived hmm. because chaos landed all around me, and I just wanted everything put away. And I just forgot to, like, slow down sometimes and, like, be okay and be grateful and grateful that I have stuff to get rid of, even though, like, that feels, like, shameful to me. Like, how do I have so much stuff that I have so much excess to get rid of? So it's just, like, this reorienting of so many things. Like, God can renew our minds, but I also have to choose, as he gives me the power to do this, to, like, focus on something else, you know? (coughs) Excuse me. I don't even know where I was going with all of that, but, Hmm. or where I started with exactly. Oh, anxiety and how gratitude can help combat that. Like practice being grateful each day, whether that's a a journal entry, whether that's a text to someone who can keep you accountable to choosing something to be grateful for or an accountability group or a reminder that you like set an alarm on your phone. And three times a day it goes off and you choose something right then to be grateful for. Um, It just, it changes things. It changes things. So that's my encouragement to everyone listening is if you aren't good at practicing gratitude. And if you think you are, maybe just ask someone around you who really knows you well. Like, Mm. am I good at, am I do you see me being good at choosing gratitude? Mm. Um, Because I think sometimes we think we are and actually we're just like kidding ourselves. Yeah. Um, And I don't mean that in a like, wow, get it together, everyone. But just (laughs) an accountability to to our hearts. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, I was debating talking a little bit more about perseverance, but that feels like a good place to and unless you have something else on your mind you wanted to share no okay perseverance for another day yep and gratitude for all times yes all right <laughs> well thanks everybody for um taking the time to, to listen um i really hope that just us talking about things going on in our lives just allows you to process for yourself or to have other conversations with those around you that you care about um and so this week I really just hope that we're able to practice gratitude, even times of trials and difficulties and hurts, um, that we have things that we can be grateful for and truly trying to put Jesus 
um, on the throne where he belongs in our lives and not idolizing other things to try to put before him to make us feel better um, to give into the pleasures of life but truly to find the joy of the fullness of life that he has to offer us um, because he he loves us so mm. yeah thanks again and i hope you have an awesome week see ya